you supposed to be saved and be nasty? Uh, you ain't supposed to be saved and be arrogant. You, you, you're not supposed to be saved and be unapproachable. And, 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 and maybe this is reason, maybe this is some of the reasons that, that people aren't coming to us and getting a word and getting, and getting clarification and getting peace and getting comfort because, you know, we, we, we get saved and we get bougie. We get saved and we get cute. We, we get saved and, 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 and we put ourselves in positions like we're, we're too good to have to deal with, to deal with things. So today my request is uh, that you pay close attention to what is being discussed in this sermon because perhaps there may be some nuggets in this that may, one, explain why Christianity hasn't quite been working out the way that you expected. And two, uh, it might leave you without an excuse about what you have to do. And as strange as this may sound, I, I'd like to start an argument with myself in front of you. And a part of this sermon really started out with something that Brother Ray Simpson said years ago. And, and the reason for my, my argument is to prayerfully send you home thinking about the major differences in two well-used statements that most people think mean the same, but they don't. The argument would be, when I got saved versus when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Argument would be when I got saved versus when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I've come to learn for the most part that people tend to think that both statements mean the same, but they don't. And and maybe, just maybe, we will see what we've been missing. It's critical for me to, to first quickly explain how this argument was birthed while writing the sermon uh, 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 some time ago. Uh, I was about to make a statement that began with when I first got saved. And immediately back then the Holy Spirit said, this is the problem. I'm, I'm at a point in my life that when God, uh, and, and, and I'm at a point in my life in God that uh, when he speaks to me through his spirit, I speak back. And I said, I said, what do you mean? And he said, there's a difference between when a person first gets saved versus when they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And I knew instantly, I knew instantly that this was something Jesus wanted communicated because in the book of John, chapter 16, verse number 13, we hear Jesus telling the disciples, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. And we understand that the Holy Spirit is not in the Godhead with Dr. Phil or Oprah. And we, we, we understand that he's not in the Godhead of Will Smith and Tom Cruise. But instead, he is of the only real Godhead, and that is the Godhead of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He completes it being the Holy Ghost. In the Old Testament, the Father foretold of the Son. In the New Testament, and the Son foretold of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And so when, when I said I knew when the Holy Spirit was talking to me, it was by way of Jesus because a function of the Holy Spirit is to communicate heaven's desire in the earth realm. You understand what I'm saying to you? Does that make sense? 
the Holy Spirit isn't just this jolly creature that's just hanging around. He, he, he's got a job, and his job is extremely significant because he is telling you what heaven desires. He is leading you where heaven desires for you to be. You understand what I'm saying? He made the conversation very simple, yet very deep. He said, when people get saved, it's just that. They got saved. And, 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 and when you think of someone getting saved, you have to ask, what are you being saved from? Now, I want you, I want, I want, I want you to understand the contrasting arguments once again before I go any further. Uh, uh, when I got saved versus when I accepted. Somebody say accepted. Somebody say took on Jesus. He said, it's true. God saves people from many things. You know, many of us in here have been saved from bad car wrecks. Many of us have been saved from uh, addiction and alcoholism. And he saves people from thoughts of suicide. But, but because he saved them from, watch this now, because he saved them from these and many other things doesn't necessarily mean that those very people truly accept him as their savior. So, so he could save you from something, but that don't necessarily mean that you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. And if you accept Jesus as Lord, that means that he has rule over you. In other words, in Philippians 2 and 5, it says, let this thought be in you, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So in other words, you, you, you no longer have the right to think on your own, Lord. But, but you think with the Spirit of God. So, 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 so how, many, how many in here has ever been in a wreck? And God saved you from dying in the wreck. But did that necessarily mean that because God saved you from the wreck, that you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? See, 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 see this, is, this, is, this is, you know, that word cliché. You know, uh, 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 I, got, I got saved. All right, well, well, I've been saved, but that don't necessarily mean that it pushed me or propelled me or prompted me to have a relationship with Jesus. And, 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 and Lord forbid if you got a usury spirit. Oh, God. Lord forbid if you got a usury spirit because you don't mind to use Jesus for his saving grace. But that don't mean you're going to accept him. It, it hit me like a ton of bricks, and I thought back to when one of the pastors, or one of our pastors here uh, at Unity, Pastor Simpson, always says, when I got saved for real. And, 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 and I adopted that phrase, but, but when I sat and thought about my pre-saved for real life, I knew that it was a time of being around and having knowledge of and even liking him, but, but you, if we're just going to be 100 about it, you, you only give your heart to the one that you really love. You don't give your heart to anybody. You give your heart to who you love, and that's a lot of the problem here. Even at the Unity Worship Center, uh, a, a whole lot of people have your heart. A lot, of, a lot of us are trying to figure out uh, why, why we are not in Christendom where we should be. And the answer to that question is because you are not in him where you should be. Listen, listen, right now, if everybody was supposed to, that was supposed to be in this building was in this building, half of this building would be full. And the problem that we have, the reason why we don't see this Sunday after Sunday, is not because God is not here. It's because people are not in God. It's one thing to belong to a church. 
it's a whole other thing to belong to God. When you begin to belong to God, being at church is mandatory. Lord, have mercy. Hearing, learning the word is mandatory. Praying is mandatory. You understand what I'm saying to you? When you begin to belong to God, how you look at religion, you know, religion, you don't look at it like that no more. Everything has changed on the strength of who you now belong to. And so, and so uh, for a lot of us in here today, we have to, we have to get from a place of liking God to loving God. Because when we get to the point to where we love him, watch this, we will keep his commandments. Now, 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 the powerful part about keeping his commandments is that when we begin to keep his commandments, we will do something called new. And new simply means something that has never been seen before. And this is so important because as you, as rotten as we've all been in times past, begins to transform from who we are to who he is, they begin to see a new creature and people who thought that they could never get their lives together begin to get their lives together on the strength of watching you be new. Somebody say, I want to be new. Yeah, 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 we, 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 we got to get new. They, they, they've seen enough church They've seen enough church folk. They, 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 they've seen enough people. They've talked to enough people who have, who have claimed church, claimed Jesus, claimed God, and still do them. They've seen enough of that. But let me, let me ask you something. In the past, in the past five years, how many, how many has lost somebody and, and, and that, that shouldn't have left here this soon and, and you knew them? How many, how many know somebody that you are? And, and my question is, how much did you witness to him? I, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep last night. You hope so, don't you? I couldn't sleep last night because, because just three weeks ago I was on the phone with my nephew and we was, we was talking and he was laughing about some stuff and we were just acting silly and, 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 and his, his laugh, my God, it was infectious. If you, if you laugh because he stuttered and so when he laughed, I say, boy, is that you laughing hard or are you stuttering in your laugh? And he just bust out, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kick you both. I'm going to see you. Oh, I'm a, you understand what I'm saying to you? And, 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 and I remember that we didn't, this phone call, we didn't talk about Jesus. And he ended the phone conversation. He said, I need to talk to you about some, uh, something spiritual. I said, okay, what's up? And, 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 and for whatever reason, he, he wouldn't get into it. He said, we need to see each other. I want to talk to you in person. And I said, well, where are you going to be at? Just serious. Where are you going to you know, be? And he said, I, I'm, I'm going to call you back. I'm going to call you back home. You understand what I'm saying to you? See, I want you to understand, I'm not the type of pastor, you should know this by now, but I'm not the type of pastor that will step back and say, y'all should have been praying over them people or talking Jesus to those people that may have passed away. I want you to understand that, that, that my human kicked in three weeks ago, and on the strength of that, I didn't say to my nephew some things that should have been said. Maybe. Just maybe.
so, so I, I made it a point last night. I told the Lord, I said, I don't care if they don't want to hear it. They don't hear it. You don't want to hear about God. You better not come around me. It ain't, it ain't. Because here's the reality, y'all. We don't never know where people are. So sometimes people don't need your jokey joke spirit. Sometimes people don't need to know where the, the dopest club is or where the two-for-one drink special is or, you know, where the best hairdresser. Sometimes people, people need to hear about People are dealing with depression and, and, and maybe to know that there is a Savior that will save you despite whatever it is that you're going through. What, what, what if they knew that? Where, 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 where would you be? Come on, okay, I'm, okay, I'm going to say something. This, this is crazy right here. But uh, where would you be if you really believed that Jesus could save you? Because I don't know. Uh, call me a prophet, but I'm a, if I was a betting man, I bet you not everybody sitting in these seats today believes that Jesus you know why I know? Because that's why we're dealing with so much depression. Because if you believe that Jesus could save you from whatever it is that you're going through, then you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to be depressed. You know how I know? That's why some of y'all still smoke weed and still get high. Because you don't really believe that Jesus could save you. Because if you really believe that, you wouldn't still smoke weed and, and still drink. And you, wouldn't, you, know, you have a problem with believing that Jesus can save. And then, and then it might not even be the problem that you have a problem believing that he can save you. You, you. you feel so bad about yourself, you don't believe that he will. Why would a perfect Jesus waste a miracle on you? Anybody ever feel so bad about themselves that at times you don't even feel like you You don't even want to go to pray and ask God for nothing because you know you. Lord, how much you, 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 you don't want to go to God and ask and, and, and pray because you know what you've been doing. You know what you've been on. You know what you've been about. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? And it stops you from going to a perfect Savior and say, listen, listen, I see you saving them over there. And I see you saving them over there. But could you please, could you please, could you please, please, We've shown the world awesome praise teams. We've shown the world charismatic preachers. 
We've shown the world, you know, all of these different facets to the ministry, but what we have yet to truly show the people who are desperately, who are drowning in sin, who are lost and don't know where to turn, what we have yet to show them is the power of God. And that's what kingdom disciples do. That's what we're supposed to do. They back up the scripture that they quote, and they back up the life that we claim with the visible power that we operate from. There should be no, there should be no, uh, you, you understand, there should be no wondering, there should be no, you think he's real, you, you, there should be no, you think he's serious, but, but when you walk in the room, there should be a power, Lord have mercy, there should be a power that walks in, uh, uh, either before you or with you or within you, that walks in with you, and, and, and everything in the room has got to change because of the power that you operate in. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That, that wasn't just to be said. That wasn't because it was a catchy phrase. That's a verse that the Lord ordained for the writer of that verse to write so that you could understand that it don't make no, never mind what you might be up against or who might be coming at you. Greater is you. So you should never bow. You should never head your, hang your head low. You should never just try to scoop through because you have a power on the inside of you. It's greater than anything that's going to try to come against you. Many don't get to see this power because, to be quite honest, this type of love right here, yeah, yeah, that power that I was talking about is love. Uh, this type of love, this power, which is love, this type of love right here, uh, uh, it's hard to come by because this love, this is a love that produces, this love produces power, and it is a love uh, that, 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 that has had to have been gone through something. It's a love that has been hurt numerous times times. It's a love that's been let down many of times. It's a love that's had to lose some friends and even some family. It's a love that's had to confront self more than self cares to remember or admit. It's a love, watch this, that don't play games. It's a love that guards and blocks and, 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 and watch this, and we mistakenly make love a pretty object, and, and we make it so it's, love is just so sweet, and love is just a happy thing, because when we think uh, uh, about love, normally we think about relationships with spouses or kids, or we equate it to hugs or intimacy between two, but may I suggest to you that the power, the power of love is a working thing, that, that, that love is a warrior, love is a war tactic. Let me prove my point. It, it, it was love that whooped your butt as a teenager when your mama found out you were smoking cigarettes or weed, it, uh, when your grades was bad, or, or, or when you spoke with a disrespectful tone to an elder. Those whippings were love, hoping to save you from a world of trouble that an undisciplined life would bring. Love, watch this, isn't always a chuckle. Real love will check you. Real love will check you. So, so some of you get upset because uh, uh, somebody says something to you or call you out on your mess. You get upset about it. You get in your feelings and all of that. But I just want you to understand, you ought to be thanking God that you've got somebody in your life that loves you enough to check you before you mess up everything about your future, about your destiny, about your purpose. They love you to check you. Real love, watch this, watch this, will check, oh God, y'all don't hear me in here. Uh, uh, real love, real love will tell you what you don't want to hear and how you ain't all that and how you need to get yourself together. Real love will step on your feelings in order to not have to step on your grave. If we would have, if they would have just listened. How, how many of you know somebody that's, that you can sit here and think in your mind, already 
why you get out of my mouth. You know, but they would have just listened. But they didn't think they knew everything. They hadn't just thought they knew everything. They, they still do If, if, they, if they wouldn't have thought that, that I was always just coming at them or, or I was always just dogging them or I, or I was always just against them, you know, if, if they'd have known that, if they'd have knew what I knew, that, that this world is so cold-blooded, it will snuff you out. And, and maybe if they'd not been so prideful, maybe, they, maybe they'd be here today. Maybe they wouldn't be doing their life in prison had they listened. Maybe they wouldn't be strung out on drugs right now had they listened. Maybe... Maybe she wouldn't be a crack prostitute now if she'd listen. Maybe she wouldn't be on the pole getting high to get back on the pole, to get off the pole, to pay the rent, to be get high again, just to get back on the pole so she can pay the rent next month. Maybe if they'd have listened. Real love. said, and I quote, he who would accomplish much must sacrifice much, end quote. When I, when I think about that, I think about what Jesus done for me, and when I think about what Jesus done for me, it don't make no never mind what I might be going through, I, I keep a mindset that exemplifies this is a day, the day that the Lord has made, Lord have mercy, I will be glad and rejoice and it don't make no never mind what might be going on in my life on the strength that you woke me up this morning i'll give you glory on the strength that you woke me up it's it's some people that didn't get up this morning that were supposed to get up this morning but on the strength that you got me the old folks used to say woke me up this morning and started me on my way i don't know about nobody else but i'm glad to be in the land of the living the land of the living today yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it makes it, it makes it, in fact, it makes it a special day every day that over 2,000 years ago, somebody did the unthinkable for me. Over 2,000 years ago, someone said that I'm going to do something, uh, something so powerful for some people for who the most part won't even appreciate. O- over 2,000 years ago, a man, as the Bible says, who being in the form of God, thought it not a robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon the servant, the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. Somebody was so selfless that over 2,000 years ago did something so cold that prompted the apostle Paul, who was once Saul of Tarshish, who at one time didn't even believe in Jesus, penned the words uh, in Romans 5, verse number 8 that said, but God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet still sinners, Christ Christ died for me. And I, I love it how Eugene Peterson put this. He conveys Paul's words in the Message Bible. It gives us the suggestion that even as Paul wrote it, he still couldn't wrap his 
mind around it. You ever been hit with something so deep that even while you're talking about it, you can't really wrap your mind around it. Sometimes you just have to stop and chuckle. Sometimes you just have to stop and think. Sometimes you have to stop and cry. But but, but Paul was in a position right now, somebody that didn't even believe in Jesus at one time, and he's realizing that, oh, 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 it's for real. It's for real. And, and now he's realizing that it's for real. And so so here he is, and he's lost about it. And and, and, and he says it like this in the, in the, in the Message Bible, Romans 5, 6, 2, 8, it says, Christ arrived right on time. Is there anybody that can testify to that? That Jesus in your life arrived right on. It might, the old folk used to say, it might not be there when you call him, and you might not be there when you want him, but, but he always shows up right on, right on time. He says, Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. Watch this. He presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. This, this is my part right here. He goes on to say, we can understand dying for a person worth dying for. And we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death that while we were of no use to him whatsoever, Lord, have mercy, my God, I, I, I can picture the Apostle Paul in my Holy Ghost-filled mind standing there trying to make sense of this thing. You know, uh, somebody worth something, I get it. Somebody that's always helping others, I, I can get it, but but somebody who whose integrity is awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, I I get it. But what he did has me baffled. What he did got me confused. What he did makes no sense at all. He he died for a people who was a hot mess. He died for the stripper as well as the prostitute. He died for the broke down as well as the jacked up. He died for the addict as well as the drug dealer. He died, and when he died, he didn't have no pics. He just died. He, 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 he just died. He, you understand what I'm saying to you? He wasn't waiting for you to get it together. He wasn't waiting for you to get cute. He wasn't waiting for you to get theologically sound. He just died. And he died. Watch this. He died right in time. Lord, how much? He died right in time. Theologians, theologians, smart people with the Bible, smart people with the Bible, uh, call what he did the doctrine of substitution. Simply meaning uh, he took Watch this. He took our history and gave us his destiny. Can I just go ahead and say that again? Because somebody should have shouted it here. He took our history and he gave us his destiny. And, and, and the word substitution means the action of replacing, watch this, uh, something, thank you, or someone with another person or thing. So, so when we was in elementary school, middle school, or high school, uh, uh, you know, every now and again we'd get a substitute teacher. And the substitute would take the place of the teacher who really belonged there. And, and so it is that, that when we begin to think about Jesus being the substitute, we have to ask the question, what is he substituting for? Lord, have mercy. Ah, and, and, and then we have to ask, uh, 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 who is he substituting for? You know how when you would walk in school and say, we got a substitute for what class? Uh, for whose class? Uh, what, what, what class? Math? Uh, uh, or, or, or who's the teacher? You understand what I'm saying to you? And so, and so, and so, and so the, the who, watch this, 
The who is the us, and the what is the penalty. Lord, have mercy. Uh, that, that, that's what we would have had to face if it wasn't for Jesus. The penalty of sin. He takes the penalty for whatever our foul, sinful, arrogant, selfish selves would have had to endure as a consequence of being disobedient. So I understand why the theologians deem it the doctrine of substitution. But if you come anywhere from near where I'm from, if you've got, if you're anything like me, we don't call that the doctrine of substitution. We call that a trade. We call, we call that a trade, Lord, have mercy. And, and, and I want you to catch this. Uh, I, I give him my history, and he gives me his destiny. And this trade is so mind-blowing to me because to the natural eye, it seems like this is a bad deal for Jesus. And you have to begin to wonder, how smart is this Jesus uh, that he would take a trade like this? Uh, I mean, I know what I'm getting uh, by receiving his destiny. Uh, uh, you know, that I'm one day I'm going to sit at the right hand of the Father, and one day I will know pain, depression, and let down no more. But what I'm wondering is, does Jesus know what he's getting in the trade? See, because where I come from, once we trade, it's traded. You, you can't have it back. Ain't no, ain't no refunds. Ain't no, I thought it was going to be more than this. I thought it was going to be better than this. The trade is the trade. Uh, so, so, so once you see what I'm trying to bring to the deal, I don't need you to be trying to get your stuff back, Jesus. And so, and see, see, because what I'm losing in the trade ain't going to upset me uh, for his destiny. He gets my history. Uh, and he not just gets my history. Uh, he gets parts of me that's crippling me even right now. Uh, now, for the life of me, Lord, how mercy. I can't figure out uh, why he would make this deal. Uh, but nevertheless, 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 I, I'm down for the trade. And, 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 and now and now before my, but, but, but this is what happens, happens. This is what happens to happen. Before I hand my stuff over to him, some of y'all been there, before you hand your stuff over to him, you just need to take one more look at your stuff. Just in case, just in case you get ready to get rid of something that you really, 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 really like. You just really, really like. But since you're trading with Jesus, you really understand that there is nothing in your bag. There is nothing in your box that is worth jeopardizing this trade. And it isn't until, but I still want to see it. I still want to see it. You know how it is. You know how it is. You say you're going to spring clean and you're getting ready to get rid of stuff that you can't fit no more. And before you let it go out the door, you run to the bag, you open it up. And I just need to see one more time. Because if, if I need a seven pounds, I'm going to keep it. But if I need nine, I'm going to go ahead and get rid of it. You know, you know, that's how we do. You understand what I'm saying to you. And so, and so it isn't, watch this, it isn't until I, you begin to examine. I begin to examine what all I had to offer that I realized how messed up I really am. Anybody ever get to that point? Where you're ready to make the trade, and and, 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 and and you just examine your bag of stuff, and you realize I am just unjust. Now, no, 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 let me let me let me, let me talk right there and deal with that for a second. You, 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 you ever realize how messed up you really are? I I, I ain't talking about what what people have said to you and how. Somebody that made you feel, because you know sometimes folks when when they upset with you about when they upset with themselves, they'll 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 project things on you. But I'm talking about have you ever thought about how messed up you are? Now I know I know some of you might have come out the womb speaking in tongues and doing a holy dance, but but for those of us who's been through some things and, and life has 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 shifted our way of being, life has 
shifted our way of thinking. And, and every now and again, I think in a way that some people might call abnormal. You ever thought about how messed up you are? Let me, let me bless you today. One of the greatest things you can do as young people is be honest with you. It is the greatest gift you will ever. I don't care if you can work. Uh, I don't know why I'm called here today. But, but if you can work for Don't think because you nasty, you know, just God made me that way. No, 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 God didn't. That was perfect. You took on nasty. Nasty might have been done to you, but you took on nasty. And so, and so, and so, and so, the greatest gift, let me say it again. refuse to be honest about where they really were in life. Listen, let, let me get back to this prayer because, you know, we're examining this stuff and, 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 and it's when you begin to, to realize how messed up you really are. And, 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 and I mean, I got years of failure. I got years of failure. I, I even wrote a book about it. I, I got years of failure. I've, I've, I've got a gang of, resent, I, 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 of regrets. I've got so much depression, drama, and disgruntlement that I am a poster child for antidepressant medicine. And, and when I look back on my sins in times past and issues I still deal with even right now, you think I'd be, get, I'd be excited about getting rid of my stuff. Uh, but, but, but the reality is I can't be excited because I'm too busy being ashamed. I don't want Jesus to see all of this. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hand this to Jesus. Any of you in here real enough to admit that sometimes you don't even want to go to prayer and ask God for forgiveness for some of the things that you done done because you don't, you just don't even want to face him having to ask. I can't believe I've done this and now I got to go to him and ask him. Can I just go ahead and bless your heart today? You might as well go ahead and seek some forgiveness and get you some forgiveness because he already knows anyway. Well, pastor, if he already knows anyway, then why does he demand that I come to him and confess it and repent? Because that shows your level of Listen, the 
so, 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 so I don't want to take all of what I got to pray to Jesus, and, and I don't want him to know all this about me. But then I remember Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 13 says, No creature is hidden from him, but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of him uh, to whom we must give an account. So hold on, you mean to tell me that he knows what I got to trade? You mean to tell me, Jesus, you know about the weed? You know about all the cocaine I snorted? You know about all of them that I laid up with? You know even about what the police didn't catch? And you are still willing to take my stuff for no other reason than you love me? You mean you're willing to take all of that? You mean to tell me that you're you're willing to dirty you with me? On the strength that you love me. Hold on. I got family members who ain't forgave me. I, I, I got friends that, that claim we friends after we went through a few things, but, but they've done some things to let me know we really ain't friends for real. But, 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 but you, this perfect entity, you take my mess, my mess ups, my disrespect towards you, simply on the strength, simply on the strength. person who, who doesn't feel love, that's just hard to accept. But for a person who feels like that they're in this thing by themselves, that's a fact that is hard to accept. Jesus says in John chapter 12, verse number 24, the focal verse of this sermon, he says, uh, verily, verily, I say unto you, except the corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. If it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Now, now, I don't, I don't claim to be a farmer, have no type of knowledge on agriculture or horticulture, but in reading the scripture, uh, it, it, it tells me something uh, very simplistic, but yet it still blows me away. And, and what it tells me is that there's life in the seed. There's life in the seed. And if, if anyone in here is like me, uh, uh, I, you know, I've had a many a good oranges. And, thought about whether or how the orange got here. You understand what I'm saying to you? I, I never stop to think of how the peach or the clementine or the cantaloupe that I'm eating got here. I'm too busy just enjoying my small bit of the harvest. But, but this morning while, while dealing with this passage, I began to really understand what God was trying to say uh, to me a couple of years ago. There is life in the seed. And as simplistic as that may seem, to some of you there's a spiritual tone uh, to this that I don't believe many of us have tapped into. Please understand that the dead can't produce anything. Can I say that again? The, the dead can't produce anything. And, 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 and that right there just should have blessed somebody in the building. Because you need to get rid of that dead relationship. You need to get rid of that dead job. You need to get rid of them dead friends. You need to get rid of it. You understand what I'm saying to you? That dead crew. You need to get rid of them dead ideas. You got to get rid of them dead traditions and symbolisms and all of that madness. Nothing dead will produce anything. Now, please understand that though nothing dead can produce, that, that nothing dead can produce anything, but life given the right formula can produce more life. But if the formula that's needed isn't met, that life can simply live until that particular life just passes away. And how many of us have just lived this right now in your life? You are just living until you pass away. God did not create you so you could just live until you pass away. So, so some of you, some of you have been smacked by life so hard that you, you, you're afraid to dream. You're afraid to believe in better for yourself. I want you to get this. 
And I want to make it plain. In order for a woman to have the right formula to produce a child, she's going to have to have a man. No matter how she tries, she has to have a man. Man plus woman equals child. Even if she deals with something that they call artificial insemination, what's been injected into her is the seed from what? A man. Now notice, the man doesn't even have to be there. All they need is the seed. And God showed me, he said, there's life in the seed, but many times while eating the seed, uh, the, while eating the oranges, we just spit the seeds out. But if we take some time and with those seeds and, and take time to cultivate them, we, we might be able to bring back a harvest. And God said, the problem that we're having is that uh, in the 21st century is that we got too many people spitting out their seeds with no regard to them. That's right. We got too many people spitting out seeds that have no regard to the seed that they spit out. And, and that's why we, we got lots of, and this is why we got so much bad fruit running around here. Because ain't nobody taking the proper time to cultivate the seeds no more. We, we, we leave the video game to cultivate the seeds. We leave, we, leave, we leave the teachers at schools that don't believe in God to cultivate the seeds. We leave, we leave the homies on the block on the corner to cultivate the seeds. We leave the weed man to cultivate the seeds. Nobody is spending time with the seed anymore. But everybody's blown away that we got so much bad fruit running around here. Unless the corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it... Oh, Lord, come on. Let's deal with that for a second. The grain or the seed has a life, has life, but it can only be a grain or a seed as long as it's in a seed bank. But, but, when, you give the seed, uh, but, but when you give the seed a burial, it dies. It dies, but it resurrects after time. And when it resurrects after time, it doesn't just come back as one of something. It comes back with many. It comes back with a harvest. I promise I'm going somewhere. And, and that's why Jesus said, unless it hits the ground and dies, it abides or lives alone. But once it begins to die, it produces more life. I love how the New Living Translation says it. It says, I tell you the truth, unless a corner, a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. And people of God, that's what we've got to be uh, uh, willing to do in the church. We've got to be, uh, uh, we just can't be holy in the church. We've got to be holy outside the church building. Outside the church, we've got to be willing to die. We, we've got to be willing to be broken. We've got to be willing to go through some things in order to produce something. And the reason why we're not able to produce something is because ain't nobody willing to die. What do you mean, Pastor? Do I have to die? Do I have to be ready to die physically in order to produce? No, that sacrifice was handled on Calvary. All, but you do have to die to your flesh. You do have to be willing to die to you. That's why he went on to say, and those that love their life in this world cannot have life eternal. Those who are so caught up with this world that they put the things of this world before God, that they, they, they can't have heaven. But for those of us who could care less about this world, those of us who understand nothing comes before God, those of us that are so sold out to God, folk who won't let their wives, I'm talking about people who won't let their wives, their husbands, their kids, their jobs, nothing can get in the way of them being faithful to God. Nothing will they allow to compromise God. Those are the ones who get life eternal. And we've got this thing mixed up, but it's time we get it together. Except the corn of wheat 
fall to the ground and die, except we be willing to die, watch this, there will be some other people around us that's connected to us that won't be able to live until you die. Some of you trying to figure out why your son, why your daughter won't get it together, because you have yet to die. You keep on trying to preach a gospel that you don't live, and you trying to figure out why they don't live it, because you don't live it either. Going to church is not the gospel. Doing what is in the word of God is doing the gospel. I need you to understand that his getting up produced the ability for us to get up. And, and, and if I was God, if I was God, I'd have to be wondering, why ain't y'all? And some of you are in a season of what's called germination. And germination is a process that you begin to grow, you begin to develop, you begin to come into existence. And see, some of you have been buried and you've been left for dead. Folk have declared victory over your life. But what they don't understand is that because of the destiny that's on your life, you might be down, but you can't stay buried. This dying that has to take place, watch this, it has nothing to do with your natural. It has nothing, it is not at the hands of your enemies. It is not at the hands of your haters. This death you must experience will in due season produce a life in you that will bring more people to church, that will bring more people to the altar, and will uh, and, and inevitably bring more people to Jesus. But you first gonna have to. You first gonna have to die. And some of you, it is your time to germinate. It's your time to come into your own. It's your time to grow and develop. But please understand, this won't be an easy time. In order for the seed life, watch this, to begin to produce into a harvest, there has to be a pushing through the soil. Let, let me talk to you about that for a minute. A typical young seed consists of three main parts. The embryoic root, the embryo, which is a shoot, and the seed leaves. And, and once part of the seed embryo develops into a shoot, it begins to bear first true leaves of the plant. In, in a sense, the seed, watch this, has some help in staying alive. Watch this. It, it's in the underground where no one can see that the real development is taking place when the seed leaves are being covered by what they call a seed coat. See, it's the underground in the seed coat where the development begins to have development begins to happen. It, it may look like nothing is happening, but the making of what's on the way, Lord, happens. Is under going on underground. Unity, I come to tell you, uh, I just stop by to tell you that God has some of you underground. He has this church underground where he is developing you, where he is getting you ready because it's underground where you're developing your new integrity. It's underground where you're developing your new faith. They're laughing at you. They just don't know that you ain't dead. You just underground. They talking about you thinking you dead, but baby, you ain't dead. You just underground. Sometimes it's feels like you dying, but I promise you, you ain't dying. You just underground. They lying on you uh, while you underground, but it's in the underground where God is putting you together. And I don't know about nobody else, but I bless God for my underground. Well, had it not been for the underground, I would not be standing here today. So, so some of you would have never made it had you not had your underground experience and some of the problem in the church is that many of us are fighting while in the underground. I don't want to be here. I don't like valleys. I only like highs. I 
can't deal with load. Do you know when you're ready to come out of the valley? Do you know when you come or when you're ready to come out of the underground? You know that you're ready to come out of the valley and the underground when you don't care if you don't ever come out of the valley or the underground. As long as you are in the presence of the Lord, you are okay. That's how you know you're ready to come from the underground. Watch this. I'm almost done, I promise. But they sung, they stopped singing early because they gave me more time. Hallelujah. Listen. Uh, to protect the leaves, which is holding the seeds from being damaged, <laughs> it's the seed that brings, that, that, that's being protected because, watch this, I want you to catch this. Nature, the natural, the world, understands that if the seedling ever makes it back to the light, it's gone. <laughs> the, 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 it, it, they, it understands if you ever make it back to the light. Oh, God, y'all don't, y'all don't hear me up in here. Uh, it, it understands that if you ever come out of what you've been under, you will be everything that you were designed to be. If it ever makes it back to the light, not only will you come out stronger, but you're coming out with a hardness. Lord, I'm mercy. Not just you, but you're coming out with everything that you're connected to. Everything that's got your last name. Everything that's in your bloodline. Oh, God. And that's why the enemy don't want you to die to your flesh. Because he knows in the spirit, watch this, that in the spirit you dying to the flesh calls for a mandatory burial, which calls for a mandatory resurrection which inevitably calls for a mandatory harvest. Watch this. God is so personal. I mean, he's so powerful. Watch this. Some of you might say, I ain't got no seeds. I'll be encouraged because this is the only God I know that he takes your mess and uses it as seed. Oh, God. He buries your mess and calls it seed. And when it comes back, it comes back as a testimony to bring him glory. Some of y'all should have lost your mind right there. Hold on. You mean to tell me my nastiness can be seed? Your nastiness can be seed. Hold on. You talking about my fornication can be seed? Your fornication can be seed. Hold on. You talking about my homosexuality can be seed? Your homosexuality can be seed. You talking about my dope smoking can be Your dope smoking can be seed. Whatever he plants in the ground and calls it seed, it has the potential to come back to be a testimony that brings him glory. Lord, have mercy. That's why you can easily say and confidently say that what the enemy meant for your bad, oh God, God turned it around for your good. Uh, even with all my hang-ups and pettiness and flaws, uh, once I died to the flesh, uh, those same traits was transformed uh, into characteristics that would bring him glory. Uh, I used to be rotten, uh, but then I died. I used to be a drunk, uh, but then I died. I used to couldn't be trusted, but then I died. And oh Lord, and if you're ever going to be everything that you was meant to be, if your sons, your daughters, your nieces, your nephews are going to be everything that they were supposed to be, you're going to have to die. You are going to have to die. You're going to have to stop putting so much emphasis on a world that don't understand. You're going to put, put, you're gonna have to stop putting on the shoulders of people who don't know God. Stop worrying about what they're not doing that's pleasing to you. That's up to your approval. You meddling. You just need to be focused on dying. You need to be focused on dying to self every day. And if you're anything like I was, anything like I am, sometimes you're going to die two to three times daily. Yeah, 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 that, that flesh, that flesh. If, if you got a flesh that's anything like mine, you, you'll find yourself on your face several times 
a day. But, but I understand for Maya to be everything Maya is called to be, I'm going to have to die. Can I just go ahead and show you the proof is in the pudding? I begin to die, re-die, die again, die over, die a new way. Had to go back and do my first works over. Begin to die for the last couple of months. I've just been dying, dying, dying. I believe my, one of my best friends said, something's going on with your preaching. Something's getting deeper. Something's getting different. Something's, but well, I said, so I'm dying, I'm dying and dying. And then the next thing I know, I'm headed to Shelbyville, Kentucky. And I find, and, 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 and I get to Shelbyville and I get in the, in the kitchen and I'm taking some coffee. And I find out my daughter's going to sing before I preach. My God in heaven. My daughter ain't sung in five years. You understand what I'm saying? But there's been a dying going on in my home. And when you die, everything you love has a chance to live. Has a chance. I cried like a baby. I stood on the stage and she sang. The Lord told me, said, what you going through ain't in vain. I know, I know, I know sometimes it, I know sometimes it feels like it's, it's all for nothing, but this dying is nothing. This, this, this dying, you've got some folks that you love, and, and, and you, can, you can quit praying about them. You just, need to, you just need to die. And as you die, they'll be watching. They're watching you anyway because you've been claiming that you're saved. And now, since you claim that you're saved, they want to make sure that you keep your word. And they're banking. They're banking that you're lying. They're banking that you ain't where you're supposed to be. But you don't know. What you don't know is, though they are with the naysayers and saying things like, we'll see how long it lasts. We can see how serious they are. Out of that five-man crew, out of that three-man crew, two of them are going, I hope they will. I hope they give me a reason to walk away from this life. I hope they give me a reason to give my life in all to Jesus. Some of you are connected to some people that are so broken. Let me tell you something, Ryan. I hear you, Holy Ghost. When you die, everything that you see like it's physically dying in your life, getting away from you in your life. Hold on, I can't go to that place. I don't have to The Lord said, watch it, you're giving a chance. You can walk away from your Get out of your thinking. You can't keep thinking the way you think and die. If you keep thinking the way that you think, you'll never die. You'll keep trying to work it out for yourself. And, and history has proven you can't work it out for yourself. If you can work it out for yourself, you wouldn't be in the mess that you're in it. And, and, and watch this. People in your life can be living. If you ain't willing to die, you ain't willing to be saved. Dying saves your life. So that when you die, every man
understand that, put your hand up. Don't be ashamed. I want to explain it to you. I want to make sure you leave here understanding what that means. It means that as long as you keep on living your life for you, when that day comes, that, that, that you pass away from here, you will be dead forever. That is, that's your eternity. Death forever. But if you die, it's self now. Seriously, stop playing games with God. You're too old. Think of the things that you're trying to get away with. Think of the things that you're trying to get away with. Think of the things that you're trying to get away with. Trying God like God to be tried. The Bible says you die now. If you die now to self for real, Live again, you get to live again with him. You get to live again with him. And see, and see you know why some of this isn't important to you? Because you don't know anything about it. It doesn't register, it doesn't hit home, it doesn't, it doesn't kick you in the stomach because, because you're really not giving yourself over to it. But when, you, when you're giving yourself over to it, it becomes true, you don't know. When you're giving yourself over to it, you kind of like this. And, and some of us are dead men walking already. marriage is going to flourish, if your children are going to be everything that they're supposed to be, if we're going to see incredible healings in this year, I declare that in this year, we're going to see incredible healings. If we're going to do that, the church is going to have to die. Who wants to see Sunday church, Sunday after Sunday, Sunday after Sunday, Sunday after Sunday, and go home and learn nothing from the rest of
days a day that I would like to give my life over. 